Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. All right. Well, hey, thanks, Kelly. That was really uh, thoughtful working through that passage. Really appreciate that. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a turn, and we're going to talk about prayer. And some of you guys are going, well, I thought this was about Scripture. Uh, so why are we talking about prayer? Uh, we're actually going to talk about how to use the Bible to pray. And so um, I think prayer is one of those activities that like every believer, every disciple recognizes as something that's essential to walking in fellowship with God and having a relationship with Him. And then at the same time, if we surveyed like everyone here in this room, I would be surprised if someone stood up and said, I got this prayer thing figured out, right? Like, come and talk to me. I feel great about uh, how I engage in prayer, uh, the amount of time I spend in prayer. Um, I got it figured out. I'm your guy, right? Uh, Probably no one is going to say that. And, and so with that, right, like prayer can be challenging sometimes. We all recognize how vital it is. And then at the same time, it can be challenging. And I think part of that is because for us in, in our day, in our time, in our culture, we have overwhelmingly privatized prayer. Right? And so prayer is about like, I go off by myself and I do that alone. Um, it's less and less common to pray uh, with other people. It's less and less common to pray in front of other people. And what we're doing with prayer many times is we're actually turning prayer into like speeches uh, or into presentations uh, to kind of talk to people while our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, <laughs> right? Um, that's kind of what happens. And so um, that's one reason prayer is challenging. Another reason prayer is challenging is because uh, very few of us intentionally protect time for prayer, right? It becomes like, well, you know, when I get a moment uh, and then the moment never comes, uh, you get to the end of the day and you go, oh, I didn't pray today, you know, and it's like, okay, Lord, thanks for not killing me, and uh, hopefully I wake up here too, uh, or with you. Either one's fine, uh, right? And so, um, so we don't really protect time and space for prayer. Um, prayer is challenging because I think in our culture especially, uh, we are doers. We like to do things, and, and prayer comes across a little bit as passive. We're just sitting there saying things. I'm not really sure if God is listening, if he's going to do something. I don't really know. Um, Prayer is challenging because often um, we pray for the same things over and over and over and over and over, right? Just one more, because I knew that bothered some of you. Um, but we, right? So you do it like again and again and again, and we kind of go, is, is anything is, is anything changing, right? Uh, prayer's challenging because if we're honest with one another, we don't really feel confident that we know how to pray, right? Like just being straight up. And so today, what I want to do is I want to take just a few moments and talk about how we can partner Scripture with prayer uh, in a really powerful way. So um, what we're going to do from here on out is uh, this is going to be less of like me 
telling you stuff. And instead, we're going to do a little Q&A, and I'm going to invite you guys to you know, respond out, see things, uh, or uh, share things that you see. Um, so you're going to want your Bible, and you're going to want to open up to Genesis chapter 1. Okay, so we're going to start right at the beginning. Uh, Genesis is literally the first book of the Bible, and we're starting in chapter 1. Uh, by the end of our time, we'll make it to Revelation. Uh, and so I hope you didn't have any plans this afternoon. Just, just kidding. But here's how we're going to use Scripture to pray. Here's the four movements you can use uh, in, in leveraging Scripture to, prayer, uh, to pray. Here's the first one. The first one is truth. The second one is worship. The third is confess. And the last one is ask. Okay? So truth, worship, confess, and ask. Those are the four movements we're going to leverage this morning for prayer. And so the truth. Um, you, you just begin with a passage of Scripture, okay? And so, uh, literally, this could be, some of you guys might be following regular reading plans, and so you could leverage whatever your Scripture reading is for that day. That's fine. Um, you could grab a single passage um, that, from wherever. You could leverage a psalm, right? You could read a psalm. But no matter what, you're starting with a passage of Scripture. And then, after you read that Scripture, you're going to ask this question. What is this passage teaching? Right? What is this passage teaching? What's the truth that God is conveying here? Right? What is this passage teaching? Now, for me, I really like to spend time focusing on God's character. Uh, to Kelly's point from earlier this morning, I think uh, for some reason we are hardwired to go look for the moral and, and look and go, oh, well, that's not me. I'm a really bad person. Um, I stink. Uh, God you know, could never love me. And when we put this guilt on top of us. And so I don't think that's what the scriptures are designed for. So where I like to begin is like, what does this say about the character of God? Who is he? Who is this revealing him to be? And so let's take Genesis chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 3, for example. And let's do this, actually. Can we read this passage out loud together, starting with, in the beginning? Are you ready? Go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, and we're going to pause there because after that, God says a lot. Um, and so we're not going to read all of that. But just recognize, right, he begins to uh, create darkness and light, um, right, separating water, land, all of those things. So all of that comes with it. So when we're looking at that passage, actually, can we bring that passage back up for just a moment? Thank you. Um, and so we're going to leave this up for just a second. So look at this passage and, and hesitate, okay, resist the desire to go like super, super deep uh, just yet. And just what is this scripture revealing about who God is? If you were reading this for the very first time, what is this scripture saying about God? And just holler out what you see this passage saying about God. I heard something over here. What did you say? What's that? Creator. Yes, he's creator. Sorry. I don't mean no here knows good out of this here. Uh, so, um, okay, so he's a creator. All right, what else do you discover about God? There's a spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a spirit. Yeah, there's a spirit of God. Great. What else do you see? What does it say about God? 
By the way, not a trick question. Well, we won't embarrass anybody. Uh, so yeah, you don't have to be afraid. So we've got, he's a creator. There's a spirit of God. What else? He spoke. Yeah, yes, he spoke. Great. Anything else that you see from this passage that's clear about God's character or who he is? Yeah, I think that's there. It's like in the beginning, before anything else, God is, right? He's there prior to. So let's cross into that a little bit. Let's talk about some of the implications of this truth, right? God is a creator. Uh, there's a spirit of God, and God speaks. What are some of the like, outflows of that truth? What are the implications of that? The fact that God is the creator. Like, what naturally flows from that? If that's true, what else is true? Okay, yeah, unpack that just a little bit more for us. Um, that, know, he's just so strong. I mean, he's so... I don't know. I agree with you, by the way. I'm not... Yes. Phenomenal. Great. So he's got this amazing power that literally by speaking, things come into existence. Yeah. Great. What else? If God is before creation, and creation comes after God speaking into existence, what does that mean about the relationship between God and creation? Everything that exists is made by God. Everything that exists comes from Him. And, right, and He's not creation. He's separate. He's distinct from creation. So you wouldn't say, oh, creation is God. No, it's different because he's the one who created it. He was there beforehand. So we could unpack. I mean, we could keep going more and more into the implication of this, but I wanted you to catch the see just in three verses, right? The, like the, probably some of the most commonly read verses because everybody like, decides, I'm going to read my Bible through the year this year on January 1, and they at least get this far, right? And so these are some of the most well-known uh, or well-read verses. And so we're pulling truth out of here. Now, if you want to go a step further with what Kelly was talking about, you can start to ask the question, how do you see Jesus in this passage, right? Now, you'd have to borrow from some other passages, right, like in Colossians and Hebrews, that he is the one who is there at creation. All things were made for him. All things were made through him. Right? He's the one who sustains creation. Here's another little uh, thing you might think about. So here God brings life and purpose from nothingness. Think about that. Boy, if that isn't a mirrored reflection of what Christ has done in my life, that Jesus brought life and purpose to my nothingness. This is what God does. This is who he is. Right? So you can borrow some things like that of seeing Jesus in the scriptures. Okay, so we started there. Let's do this. We talked about God's creator. God's the uh, his spirit. Um, he, he speaks. Um, he's, he's created everything. So we talked about like five or six different truths. Let's choose one. So whoever says something first, that's the one we're choosing. Let's choose one of those truths. What do you want to dive in on this morning? He's like, I don't want to be responsible for picking it. <laughs> Come on, who's the leaders in the room? He speaks. Okay, all right, great. There it is. Thanks, Andrea. You, so, uh, so God speaks. 
Okay, that's a truth that comes out of here with clarity. So we're going to use this. So we started with truth. We've discerned some truth from the passage. And now we're going to leverage this truth to shape the way that we worship God in prayer. So here's a question. If you were going to worship God as the one who speaks, if you were going to praise him, if you were going to celebrate him, what are, in prayer, what are some things that you might celebrate him or praise him as the one who speaks? Yeah, God, I praise you that you speak truth, that you don't leave me, you don't leave us out there to figure this thing out on our own, but you speak with great clarity and truth, right? That's great. What else? He speaks the laws on our heart. Yeah, he speaks directly to who we are. Like we begin to recognize when his spirit is in us, like what's, what is his uh, will, what's not? Like what's of him, what's not of him? Yeah. We can praise him for that. What else might you praise God for the fact that he speaks? He's relational. Yeah. Yeah, God, you, speaking is, two people do that. Yeah, you want to know me, and, or you know me, and you want me to know you as well. Right? So literally, you can take time to just simply celebrate God for the fact that he speaks. Right? Thank you that when you spoke, things came into existence that didn't exist before. Thank you that when you speak still today and you call people's names out of darkness and they respond in faith, they enter into your kingdom of life and light through your son, Jesus Christ. Right? Like you just begin to lean in on this aspect of who God is as the one who speaks. And so simply spend time worshiping God in prayer as the one who speaks. Right? Okay, so the next movement we're going to is confession. So, all right, this after, you don't have to like lay out your dirty laundry or anything along those lines, all right? These are all hypothetical things, okay? So, but how might you confess sin, leveraging the truth that God speaks? How might you confess sin, leveraging this truth that God speaks? And sin in, in your own life, right? Because that's different than I'm going to confess your sin for you. And, you know, man, that girl really sucks. And that guy's not real good. You know, like that's not what we do when we confess sin, right? We, we confess our own. So. Ooh. Well, see, now you're just meddling, right? You're just go, showing up in our lives in a really personal way. Yeah, that's right. Like, God, you have spoken and I'm not listening. I chose to do what I, you know, you might come up with a specific situation. Maybe, maybe you read in the scriptures recently that God said, uh, forgive your enemy. And you're like, nope, ain't doing it, right? And so you come to this truth and you go, God, you spoke and I'm refusing to listen to you. Forgive me for that. How else might you confess sin in your own life about the fact that the truth that God speaks? Feeling guilt. Okay. How so? Unpack that for us a little. Well, like, I feel like God lays guilt on your heart so that you kind of know, hey, I did this wrong, and it, he speaks to us on that. Okay. What I, what I would uh, maybe help a little bit on that is say uh, the Holy Spirit uh, provides conviction, 
right? Um, to say, hey, uh, this is not who you are in me. Um, Romans talks about the fact that there's no longer condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Um, and so, but conviction is like freeing. Conviction draws us to repentance, which is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, it's like, yeah, God, I blew it. And your spirit is speaking to me. And either I'm going to listen or I'm not. And I didn't, right? So we begin to confess that stuff. Fantastic. Anything else? A way, something you might confess about in your life. Leveraging the truth that God speaks. Oh, you're writing my song right now, right? Like that's, that's where I'm at. It's like, for me, many times I have to confess, God, I'm the one doing all the talking. I'm doing all the talking and I'm not listening for your voice. Forgive me for that, right? Yeah, and so we start, so you know what begins to happen when you start leveraging the truth of Scripture to confess? You actually start confessing for things, about things in your life you didn't even realize were harboring in your spirit and in your life, and you begin to open up to that stuff. Okay, great, last one. So ask, how might, here's, so now we're going to cross over. How might you pray for yourself in regards to the fact that God speaks? So let's start with you, you personally. How might you pray for yourself in regards to the truth that God speaks? Think about situations you're facing. Think about relationships in your life. Think about challenges and barriers. How might you pray and ask for yourself with regards to this truth? Yeah. God, there's this choice that seems to be in front of me, and I want to do what you want me to do. So I really want to hear you speak. What would you have me do? Yeah, I think exactly. What about if you were praying for someone else you know? What if you were praying for a friend? How might you pray in regards to the fact and the truth that God is one who speaks? How might you ask for them? We pray that they would be able to hear him. Yeah. Yeah. God, would you give them ears to hear? And it may even be a step before that to say, God, I don't know that they've put their trust in Jesus Christ. And so I'm asking they would hear you call them out of darkness and then, right, begin that amazing relationship with you. And so here's what we're talking about, right? Like we literally use the first three verses of Genesis and we expose truth about who God is, scratching the surface, by the way. We didn't even do like the super deep dive. Um, And then we walked through some pretty thoughtful ways to praise God, to confess sin in our own lives, and then to pray for ourselves and for others, right? Just leveraging three verses in Genesis 1. And so I want to encourage you, Partner your time in prayer with Scripture, right? Start with truth. What is this teaching me? And then leveraging that truth, worship God, confess sin in your own life, and begin to ask, right? It's okay to ask for things for yourself. It's okay to ask for things um, in the lives of others. Jesus taught us that. What's really cool about this is um, you can, and the reason I chose Genesis 1 
um, is to say, like, literally, you can use any passage out of Scripture because all Scripture reveals who God is. It reveals who Jesus is, right? Like, it's about Him, right? And so we can leverage that truth uh, to shape the ways that we pray. And so, as I mentioned before, if you're already on a Bible reading plan, you don't have to go, like, find enough. Just use the passages you're already reading, Right? What is this teaching me about? Um, how do I discover God from that? Uh, if you don't have a plan, here's a, if you're not like following a Bible reading plan naturally, here's what I might encourage you to do. Use a psalm. Just grab one psalm every day and read through that psalm. If you do it every day, um, you will work through the entire book of psalms in about, uh, you'll, you'll go through it about two and a half times in a year. Right? Um, and the, the whole book of psalms is essentially prayer, it's worship, it's, it's talking to God, right? exposing who we are, all of that. And then if you're like, well, I don't have a Bible reading plan, I don't really want to do Psalms, then here's like one other thing I might throw out to you. Like, sign up for the Bible app, right? and they'll send you like a verse every day, <laughs> and just like leverage that verse uh, to begin shaping your prayer uh, in that way. But I, wanna, I want you to imagine this for a moment, because I think a lot of us wrestle with frustration in, in the ways that we pray. Um, Right, we struggle with that. And so I want you to imagine the freshness that the scriptures will bring to your time in prayer. Right? How that will change the way you celebrate God, the way you confess, and the way you ask. So like instead of praying the same things over and over again, wondering if it matters, you actually begin to pray the very truth of God. You begin to pray the words of God, right? And you're talking to him about his scripture. Uh, you will begin to worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in ways you never have before. Ways you didn't even realize that you could celebrate God in His character. Uh, you'll become more aware of sin in your life, confessing it, right? And realizing, like, wow, I didn't realize I was harboring that in my heart, God, um, right? Letting the Holy Spirit mine the depths of who you are. Um, you'll begin to intercede on behalf of others and yourself, like with a new level of confidence, because it's not just like, a, hey, God, I hope, I hope things go smooth in the future, right? But instead, you begin praying uh, in line with God's will from a scripture. You'll look for opportunities to pray as opposed to finding something else to do. Because it's like, I'm going to meet God, I'm going to hear from God in this. And then here's uh, the last thing I would share, is I think prayer begins to move away from a wish list of things I hope will happen, and it begins to move towards a faith based on the truth of Scripture, how God's revealed Himself, right? Like, I think that's a game changer, overwhelmingly. So in light of the theme, I'd like to take a moment and let's pray. Father in heaven, we are so grateful that you are the God who speaks. Um, you, you speak creation into existence. Those things that did not exist now exist because you created them by your voice. God, we praise you that not only do you speak material into existence, but you speak life. That you literally referred to Jesus as the Word in the Gospel of John, and He's the one who brings life into us. That He lived the life every one of us should have lived, but we didn't, and He died the death every one of us deserved to die on our behalf, so that we could know You. 
And so we say thank you. God, we thank you that you speak to us in the day-to-day situations of our own lives. And you don't leave us out there just to like figure stuff out on our own, but actually you created us to rely on you, to trust you, to lean in on you. And so I would pray for myself and I would pray for all of my friends here this morning that we would learn to hear your voice, that we would be sensitive to when you speak, when you speak through the scriptures, when you speak through your Holy Spirit, when you speak through other growing disciples, giving counsel in our lives, that we would learn to discern your voice within all of that. And our response would be yes. And our response would be trust. And our response would be faith and obedience. We love you. We praise you as the one who speaks. Continue to guide us. Continue to teach us. Um, We worship you alone because you're the only one who deserves it. And we do ask these things in the wonderful and matchless name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.